This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Prime Spark, the podcast that brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. The second women's revolution is here, and it is time for us to fuel a spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Now, here is your host for Prime Spark, Sarah Hart. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here today. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, successful lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Sandra Yancey, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Sandra Yancey is the CEO and founder of eWomen Network. Her company is a multi-million dollar enterprise with over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters across North America, Australia, and the United Kingdom. E-Women Network produces over 1,500 women's business events each year and the largest multi-day international women's conference of its kind in North America annually. In addition to authoring six best-selling books on business, Sandra is an award-winning entrepreneur and is recognized by the International Alliance for Women as one of the world's 100 top difference makers, and by CNN as an American hero. Additionally, Sandra has been selected by the Emmy award-winning TV show, The Doctors, to help transform the mind, body, and spirit of its viewers. The eWomen Network Foundation she created has, to date, awarded cash grants to 115 nonprofit organizations and scholarships to 186 emerging female leaders of tomorrow. Welcome, Sandra. I'm so happy you're here today. I am thrilled and honored to be with you, Sarah. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're so welcome. So just in getting started, may I ask you, do you experience getting older? And if so, what is that experience? And if not, why do you think it is that you don't? Well, I think it's a combination. In some ways, yes. And um, in other ways, no. I mean, certainly I experience getting older when I'm filling out forms for the first time and they're asking me to check what age group I'm in. Um, I experienced, I think, getting older when I, um, not even two years ago, uh, became a grandmother for the very first time. And just just to say grandmother um, made me feel not necessarily older, but of a, a, a new chapter in my life. And 
I never had grandparents on either sides of my family. And, uh, but I, I marveled um, at the relationship that my children had with my mother. You know, uh, I didn't have a father either. He died before I ever had a chance to know him. So, um, so they had the, they had my mother, they called her Grammy. Um, and um, I lived almost, I think, my own experience of having a grandmother by watching the joy um, and the uh, terrific closeness that my children um, had with my mother. That being said, Sarah, um, I didn't want to be called Grammy. That felt like an older term, you know, uh, to me. And so I didn't know what I wanted to be called. And I left it up to the kids. I said, well, you know, they're your children. What do you want them to call me? And it was kind of surprised what they came back with was didn't feel like a fit either, but it has become fitting now that uh, my little Tatiana, you know, calls me by name. It just feels so right. Yeah. So the society does it a little bit, but in terms of my dreams, my vibrancy, um, my, uh, you know, the blessings that I've uh, received with good health um, and that kind of thing, I, I definitely don't feel 62. I'm 62, right. you know. Uh, so there's, it's a combo answer, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, I have um, interviewed way over 100 women um, at this point. And when I ask them that, I ask everybody that question and a few men I've interviewed also. Mm -hmm. And um, most of the answers are something like that. Um, many, many women, particularly women, say, well, I feel a bit different in my body. Um, I can't quite do things the way I used to. I have a few more aches and pains. But other than that, I feel better than I've ever felt. I feel more me. I feel more who I'm supposed to be. I feel more, I don't care what you think. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it, is, it is not a straightforward answer for most of us. Yeah. Um, I will say that there's not a decade so far that I have a strong desire to go back and revisit. I mean, I'm solid where I am. And, um, and there's just something to be said about wisdom, you know, and wisdom only comes through experience. And um, I don't sweat the small stuff. And I don't even sweat some of the big stuff. I just, <laughs> you know, I'm just really present with where I'm at. I'm trustful in my history. Um, I know that, that my history, some of the bad things that have happened that don't necessarily have to be my destiny either, but I, I've, I've acquired a lot of wisdom that I think really guides me and serves me in a very emotionally healthy place today. Agree, agree. When someone talks about being 30 again, I think, oh, God, no, I don't, no, please, no, I don't, I am just fine where I am. Yeah, I think I'm a better grandmother than I was a mother. I mean, I just was so worried about everything being a, a, you know, a mom and, you know, trying to juggle it all. I had two kids, one of each in every way, and they were four and a half years apart. So in some ways, felt like I had two only children for a long time. And um, it's just so delicious to be able to have Tatiana. We have her every Sunday at a minimum, at a minimum, we have our own time with her um, every Sunday. And you know what? I mean, 
I want to give her chocolate milk with waffles and Nutella. (laughs) Just I'm like, let's go for it. You know, (laughs) she loves whipped cream. And I, I bought a little whipped cream maker and we make her own whipped cream. She gets to eat the whole thing before she goes home. No wonder like, Tatiana wants to go to Sandra's. <laughs> she does, she cries when Sandra's. we take her back. And, you know, I'm like, and when Brianna and Travis look at us, like, you know, she's crying because she doesn't want to leave our arms. I just say, just trust, trust that we did our job. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I know. Uh, Sandra, with so many groups and ways for people to get together, even though the last few years have been weird. Nevertheless, there still are a lot of ways for us to get together, either virtually or now more in person. Why do you think eWomen Network has been so successful for so long? Yeah, I mean, you know, Sarah, it's, uh, you know, it takes sometimes a, um, you know, forced change for you to sometimes pause and kind of reflect, you know, on uh, what what you've been working on so hard for so long. I mean, eWomen Network is almost a quarter of a century old. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll be 23 years old in September. And, you know, prior to the pandemic, March of 2020, we are, were a 100% in-person company. And so, like most others, um, we had every reason to be a statistic. And when it first happened, I would be uh, certainly not completely honest to not say I didn't have my moment where I thought, you know, um, it's been 20 years. It's been a pretty good run, you know, Um, hate to go out this way. But, you know, I had my moments of um, giving up, but also never quitting, if that makes sense. You know, just this moment of oh, now what? This feels so hard, kind of thing. Um, and then, and then, you know, you go to sleep and you get quiet and you get out of your head and your heart starts to, you know, talk to you uh, in its own way. But you've got to get quiet. I always say our our head screams at us and our heart whispers, and that's why I believe in meditation and journaling and quiet space and all of that because I think that. My heart has uh, an equal, if not more, valuable voice in, in, at some level. And um, so I, I want to, the answer, I think, to your question is that what I realized more than ever is, you know, while we worked very hard at um, transitioning the company to online, it was the hardest I had ever worked in years. We ran three shifts um, in terms of working, uh, in terms of thinking through, designing, get clear on um, instructions, give it to the technology team, have them work on it, wake up, the test, you know what I mean? And then we had to roll it out to all of the chapters, 118 chapters. And, you know, they had to give us feedback around what was working, what wasn't working, what they still needed. We needed messaging and marketing. And it was an arduous process. I felt like we did a year's worth of work in about a month uh, to make the clear conversion. But overall, I think the real reason why it converted so well is because we truly have a community. We don't have an audience. We don't have a group. You know, we have a true community driven mostly by our mission 
um, and extensively by our values. And I think people really look for belonging, what real belonging means, this sense of uh, this is my tribe, this is where I fit, this is where I feel my most authentic self, this is where I don't have to be embarrassed or shameful for the struggles. It is a place to be real, to ask for help. Um, this is a place where I am celebrated for my small steps and rejoiced for my big ones. And um, ultimately, I think people wanted us to figure it out. And that more than ever, more than anything, literally became the fuel for those otherwise very lonely, um, scary, depleting days and nights. I was reading something last night, <clears throat> and I'm not going to get these words right, but it was, um, it was from His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and he mm. said something like, uh, if you are with people who are not as not good, but you know, as uh, not advanced, but I can't think of his words as you are, you will go to their level. If right. you are with people the same as you, you will be the same. Right. If you are with people who are more, you will grow to more. Yes. And I think when you talk about the mission and particularly your values. Uh, your values bring all of us to more. And yes. I, I think the human spirit wants that if it just has the opportunity for it. No question. I, I, I've long learned one of, one of my favorite sayings is that when you find, you know, a community of people who will inspire you, challenge you and celebrate you, spend a lot of time with them. They will change your life. Yeah. And uh it's certainly been the lesson that I've learned, I think, for what has become, you know, not just a scalable business model, but mostly a sustainable business model. They are two very different things. And um, there's just no question that when you're around uh, really great people and there, there are different levels, there are the raving fans that applaud you. There are the worker bees that are in there with you. There's the team of people that advise you um, and you have to pay attention. I've learned that sometimes in, in real deep times of uh, change, sometimes your network will actually shrink in size, but increase in value because you know, listen, opinions are like elbows, right? Everybody's got two. So you got to be, you, you know, when you need to make swift decisions, you really got to zero in on who are you going to listen to? And, um, you know, that uh, that has uh, uh, been a powerful way um, and great lessons that I've learned from. I look back and I think about the investments that I've made, um, certainly in terms of the money that I've invested in really great uh, coaches, but also the time, you know, and, you know, you can make more money, but you can never buy back more time, right? So who you spend your time with is, um, I think, you know, in large measure, uh, you know, the will tie to the results that you have in your life, the the accomplishment of what's important to you and what your 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 real dreams, what you feel like your calling is, and fulfilling that. Yes, sure. I, I, and 
And as the Dalai Lama would say, it's who you become. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a chance to meet him. Oh, I have seen him. I saw him once in person, but only in a great big group. Mm. So I walked in to, of all places, the JFK airport in New York, and I went to the American Airlines, I was flying flying American Airlines, and I'm a member of their Admirals Club, and I walk in and there he is. Love it. And I had the chance to speak to his holiness and just acknowledge him. And I will say um, that... It was very uh, transformational for me. I mean, I, I, once I got on my, my plane, we were, we were heading to London. Once I, and it was a long flight from, from JFK. I spent, I think, the bulk of that flight just reflecting on um, the experience of an energy that I've never quite felt emitted from a human being before. Um, very uh, palpable, very powerful and very impactful for me. It's just, I was just incredible. And to know that I was that close, I didn't touch him, but I did, you know, acknowledge him and uh, with a bow and, um, and spoke to him and he was, um, he was incredible. And it leaned me into learning a lot about uh, that, that whole part of the world. And that leads into mindfulness and all kinds of things It got me very active in that. It was it helped me also overcome, believe it or not, um, you know, money uh, issues because I, I leaned into a community a gentleman by the name of um, Dawa Tarchin uh, Phillips who uh, spent, uh, you know, he's one of there's only like twenty thousand lamas in the world, and uh, he is one of them. And he was one that t- talked to me. He was in a mastermind group of mine. And he was just talking about money being female. Yes. He says, you know, money, he says money is yes. only energy and it's female energy. It's designed to procreate. Right. And it was just very powerful for me. It was life, life changing. And if I hadn't met the Dalai Lama, I'm not sure it would have guided me. I mean, you just never know those points of meeting people and the trajectory they right. might uh, turn you to. And into, which is beautiful. Yes. Yes, I love that idea about money. I, I heard that somewhere. And I remember when uh, I heard it or read it, or I was just, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And the moment, totally. and the mm-hmm. moment I took it in, I mm-hmm. knew it was true. Yeah. You know, it was one yeah. of those. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, Sandra, what's your favorite part about being CEO and founder of eWomen Network? Um, I, oh gosh, one thing, Sarah, Yes, one thing, <laughs> one thing is that, um, I think it just keeps me dreaming, you know, I mean, eWomen Network is so much bigger than I could have ever initially dreamed. If I had only stuck to my original dream, I couldn't have fathomed this. I couldn't have fathomed being an employer. I couldn't have fathomed having three quarters of a floor in a Dallas, Texas tower with a fabulous team and staff who, unlike what you read in the paper, actually loves coming to work every day because we so enjoy each other and we are energized and motivated by each other. That then even after working all week together, we'll go out and have drinks and appetizers on a Friday night, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, 
I could have never have fathomed that I would have had the the skills and the know-how and the confidence um, to be able to create all this. I mean, even the network has um, just helped me so much as a person about, you know, allowing what can be and getting really unattached to the how. I think that's what holds most people back from any dream is, I can't do that. How am I going to do that? And our natural tendency in our mind is to put up, you know, roadblocks on all the reasons why we can't. And uh, even the network has trained me that, you know, those that achieve great things don't focus on what they can't do. They focus on what they can do. And when they don't know how to do something, instead of saying it can't be done, they say, who do I need to know that can give me the ideas, the resources, can point a finger, make an introduction, you know, that uh, they're one person away from someone who knows the answer. So get focused on what you really want in your life, get unattached to the how. And when you're committed to that, the answers start to emerge. It's kind of like my husband a year ago was going to buy a new car. He wanted to get a new car. And he asked me for my opinion about this car. And I said, actually, I don't know that I've ever noticed one. <laughs> I think I've ever seen one. I mean, I, you know, and he's like, you know, they're out there. And, you know, he starts telling me about it. I'm like, no, nope, I've never seen one, but you know, why don't you go and test drive and maybe they'll let you bring it home and you can take me for a drive or maybe they'll let you keep it for a weekend, whatever the case may be. And so he brought it and I got in it. I loved the cars. It's a great car. I'm not, I'm not a big car person. So, you know, if it gets you there and it's got enough safety and all of that kind of thing. And so um, the next, the next Monday though, Sarah, I was coming to the office. I jumped on the tollway and guess what? I noticed tons of them. I noticed tons of them. They were actually everywhere. everywhere. But it needed to be brought. It was in my blind spot, even though it was obvious. It was still in my personal blind spot. And I think that's what gets in the way of people really living the life of their true dreams is they, they, they function in, with a vision and a whole bunch of blind spots that if they just open it up, they find that the answers, once you make the declaration that I'm going to make this happen, you'd be amazed what, what shows up <laughs> for you, you know? So what you think about is what you, what you bring about, right? right? If, you, if you think about and believe it to be so, the universe really does kind of conspire to, you know, open up all kinds of opportunities for you to get what you want. But you have to first want, want it enough that you'll believe it. I love that um, with the story with the seeing the cars because I think it's such a good example of we see what we know, right? And and you can't see something you don't know unless you just open right. up to everything right. and try. And to you can't know it. everything. No. <laughs> right. Amen. <laughs> yes. Okay, Sandra, you're in contact with women of all ages all day, every day. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think are some of the best tips for women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond for filling a, living a successful, fulfilled life? Well, I think the most important thing I would say is what gets taken for granted gets taken away. So, you know, know what's important. I mean, I believe you can have it all. That doesn't mean you have everything, but you have all that's important. You know, I spent a lot of my time 
when my children were younger, trying to, um, you know, be everything to them. And I was running myself ragged. I was exhausted. And I didn't even like being around me anymore, to be honest with you. I couldn't imagine what it meant, you know, for my husband and, and all of that. One day I just sat down. I'm not sure why. Maybe it was out of just sheer desperation, Sarah. But in that low moment, one day I just said at the dinner table, what's really important to you? What is the most important thing that you want from me? And surprisingly enough for the kids, it was much more basic and much more simple than I was making it. I mean, my son is 27 years old now. He still does not know, has no recollection, no real memory of the fact that I was the co-chair of the Scholastic Book Fair, which was almost my undoing (laughs) because it wasn't important to him. What was important to him were things that, you know, he was a little self-conscious because he had a little bit of ADD. And so memorizing text out of a book was hard for him, but I could work and make flashcards until I could teach him how to make his own flashcards, right? But those flashcards were really important to him, you know? And when I traveled, I made two sets. He would have them and I would have them because this was before FaceTime and all of that. And we would, I would get into my hotel room, you know, order some room service, throw on my PJs, jump on the bed, crisscross applesauce with my flashcards and get him on the phone. And we would study together because he wanted to do well in school. And he didn't want people to know he fought really hard. It was a time where he didn't want to be seen as different, right? Um, And so that was important to him. It was important to him that I was, um, you know, in the stands on Friday nights when he was on the football team, you know? And I mean, Sarah, there were times I moved heaven and earth to get to that football game before it started. And I mean, this is before Uber. I would get in cabs. I would change in the back of a cab. I'd tell the cab driver, please don't, you really don't want to look back here right now. (laughs) And I would change, you know, and I would literally with my little luggage, you know, have them drop me off at the stadium, you know, and I would have my, my, um, husband bring the cowbell. He'd stuff it with a, with a, um, handkerchief so that it wouldn't ring and put it in a bag. And I would get in that stand and I'd pull that out and I would ring that cowbell that Rylan always said he was embarrassed about, but somehow he would hear it. And I could see his helmet, you know, his head pop up a little bit like she's here, you know, kind of thing. Was she, he really only wanted a couple things from me and I was running myself ragged. And I think the same is true with your spouse or your partner, you know, your significant other. If that relationship is really important to you, then make sure they know that it's important to you and find out what's important to them. And I think I can say for my husband, there weren't that many things that were important to him. I really overcomplicated the relationship. I've been with my husband 43 years and so, and we work together. So I feel I can, I can speak um, strongly about, you know, what's really important to you and making sure, right? Making sure that, you know, even if it's not that important to me, if it's important to him, then it's only a couple of things. Why not do that? Because this, this, this relationship means something and I want it to last, you know? I mean, I, I think those are the, the fundamentals, you know, you got to know what's really important to you. And then time takes care of itself, you know? So it's not really about time, manage for, time management for me. It's more about boundary management. You know, what are your boundaries? What are you going to allow yourself to uh, get 
distracted on versus focusing on the things that really matter, whether it be at home or in business. Are you doing the things that move the business forward and the cash register ring? Or are you getting caught up in all the busyness of the business? There's so much administrivia that are nothing but deterrence and um, distractions, you know, preventing you from doing the things that really matter. And the bigger you go, um, the more time you get back. I think that's the misconception with most women business owners. They're like, I'm already busy now. How am I going to manage this if I go really big? Well, going really big gives you the revenue to hire people, do the things you have no business doing, you don't like doing, so that you can do the things that are really important to you. The last few weeks of my mother's life, you know, I, I didn't want to leave her side. And, um, you know, it took me a long time to really realize that one of the greatest benefits of eWomen Network and going big was that I could come to my team and say, my mother's transition has started. I don't know when um, she is going to be fully called home, but I promised her that I would be there for her in the transition. And so I need to be at the hospital. And in most, if I'd had a corporate job, they would have said, well, you have X amount of days vacation and you have X amount of PTO days. And, you know, and I would have been stressed over that. If I had played it small, I would have worried that my clients weren't going to get served. I wasn't going to be able to return phone calls. I couldn't really be present for my mother's transition. I'd always be checking my cell phone, you know, answering emails and that kind of thing. And I really had people that came and said, you be there with her, Sandra. We got you. We got you. And that wouldn't have happened had I not gone big. I think it is such a hard thing for many women to really get to the core of what is important. Because so many of us have spent such a long part of our life just taking care of and focusing on others. Mm. Or being dug into a career that isn't all that fulfilling, even if we've been wildly successful. Yeah. And we hit a point and we think, I, I don't know what's important. I yeah. just know this isn't working. Anymore. This isn't it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I started eWomen Network when I was 40. Most people are really actually surprised to realize that it you know, I mean, I did like it didn't start really clicking for me in a really big way, you know, honestly, till I was 50. And I was like, well, I'm just getting started. I mean, you know, it's just like and now I'm yeah. 62 and I have way bigger dreams now. I mean, the pandemic opened my eyes to so many blind spots that I had not paid attention to that are growth opportunities, not just for the business, but for our members. Right. And how to teach them what I've learned. Um, has now become a really big mission for me. Good. I want to learn. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So that was my next question, actually. I'm curious about um, what dreams you have personally Mm. and what dreams you have for eWomen Network that haven't been realized yet. And I realize that not everything with the business you may be able to talk about, but what Mm -hmm. you can talk about. Sure. So I will say personally, I am really excited about, you know, getting back and we are doing it in November to our family vacations. Kim and I are committed to our 
kind of couple vacation that we take every year and then um, our family vacations. And we did, we ended up doing family vacations at the house and, um, and that was fun. I mean, you know, everybody moved in and, you know, we, we just, you know, planned out all of our meals. We didn't go anywhere. I mean, we only stayed at the house is like we treated it like it was the resort. So what are all the things we need to do? You know what I mean? We had to do our own cooking and that kind of thing. But we even made that fun. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, in November uh, being away and getting back to that. There's such treasured times. And we actually take Tatiana and uh, work through all of that. And so um, that's going to be really great. Um, I would say. Um, so just those personal times are really great, but you know, my daughter works in the firm, so I'm, and I'm incredibly close to my son, you know, uh, the flowers on the back of my desk that I have now were from my son that he'll just pop in and just, you know, bring me flowers and he's, um, number one sales, um, in his company. And so he gets out and about and thinks about just pops by we're incredibly close so just fostering that is um you know uh important to me and it's really easy if there's one person that stokes it and makes it top of mind as a priority as important it would be easy for it not to happen just because everybody's so busy um, we do have you know uh sunday dinners at our house i have uh, my our sundays earlier with tatiana uh, just Kim and I, we typically take her, you know, out for, you know, a breakfast, socializing her how to behave. And she's a mar- remarkable. And, you know, t- now we're doing some indoor playgrounds because outside is so hot. I can't even put her on a slide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And swimming, we take her back. She takes a nap. I'm, while she's doing that, I prepare uh, dinner for the family. So those are the kinds of things that are really important. And that happens, I would say, 40 out of 52 weeks. It isn't always, I mean, there are things that pop up, but overwhelmingly. Um, And then for the business, I mean, I'm excited about kind of the new growth. We've got a new direction that we're taking podcast network that we'll be announcing very soon. We've got a new direction, a whole new relaunch of the speakers network. Um, I am going to be designing a whole speakers program. I'm going to be including several sales modules for teaching women how to sell uh, their programs. And I can do that, uh, I think, very confidently after running eWomen Network for 22 years um, at the multi-million dollar level. And um, it's taken me a while to document everything that I've learned and done. I've I've done that since January. I've done all of that. So I want to launch some new things in that way. And of course, you know, I'm just always listening. That's why I love to do the tour because when I'm at the table, I, all I have to do is say, what's your biggest challenge? I mean, if you could wave a, if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing in your business, what would that be? And all I have to do is listen. And quite frankly, I don't have to make up what my next launch is because uh, my members tell me, I just listen to what their challenge is. And then I walk away and say, how can I, what are the themes, you know, from city to city, that kind of thing. And then how can I solve them? And that's why I know things work because I know what people say they want. I don't have to convince them. I don't have to say, I know something you don't know and let me tell you what it is. And then they sit back and fold their arms, right? I can say, let me tell you what you told me you needed, right? And so I've gone and created it. I, on the, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but on the cover of the most recent Harvard Business Review, I just got it and I, I just, oh, 
when it uh, was the title of one of the lead articles was something like how to know what your clients want before they do. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, yeah, Jiminy Christmas. No, ask them what they ask them. Ask yeah. them what their problems are, what they're trying to solve, what they want. Yes. I, I think that's the low hanging fruit. I mean, when you're big, when you're a big corporation and you have that advanced uh, research team that can go and anticipate and develop, you know, future things, I mean, that's a whole nother level. But for the average small business owner, I think there's millions to be made just by listening to the things that people are frustrated about. You don't have to invent anything. And let's just be clear, some of the most successful people didn't have to invent. I mean, Steve Jobs did not invent the phone. Just looked at the current phone, said, this is pretty dumb, and I have an idea how to make them smart. I mean, Jeff Bezos did not invent shopping, right? And he certainly didn't invent bookstores either. He looked at how to innovate what was already there and make it, um, you know, more powerful. And Sarah Blakely didn't invent girdles with Spanx, did she? She just kind of came up with some new different ideas. She was actually watching a television show with Oprah wearing uh, white pants and she didn't want to have panty lines. And so Oprah lifted up her pant legs and showed that she actually wore, had uh, pantyhose on underneath and cut off the legs because it became a fashion faux pas to show uh, pantyhose in sandals, in summer sandals. And, you know, Sarah took that and, and came up uh, with a patent around how you create a binding around the bottom of the pantyhose once you cut them off, right? So that they wouldn't stretch out and become all raggedy. That launched Spanx. And, you know, she had a patent and a lot of people couldn't, uh, you know, uh, infringe on that patent. She grew the business to a billion. Now the patent is over, a lot of knockoffs. So she's just reinvented, um, you know, the white pants. You can actually buy white pants. She's now got silver linings uh, that you put in it. She didn't, invite, she didn't invent white pants. She certainly didn't invent silver lining, and, but she put them together. And now you could wear red polka dotted panties under your white pants and they won't Love show it. through. It's an innovation. I just, as you're saying that, I just, um, yesterday, I thought of an idea that somebody needs to do. So here is an innovation for someone. Mm. Are all of the um, charging stations for um, electric cars, they need to add um, a a hookup for e-bikes. Oh. So you're using the same charging station, but it's also good for e-bikes. Terrific. Brilliant money-making for somebody exactly. so helpful to bike riders. Right. Exactly. Great <laughs> idea. Okay. So, Sandra, that's our time. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, well, speaking of time, they can go to um, eWomenNetwork.com. That's eWomenNetwork.com. And uh, for those of you that uh, require or find that the best way to increase your Um, value is to have one-on-one conversations. I have posted a, my personal 30-minute conversation to conversion formula. It's a free download because I think what happens is we we spend a lot, we waste a lot of time. There's 1,440 minutes in a day. You've got to use it wisely. And so instead of having these hour-long calls, I've given you my formula that takes a conversation to get to a decision point, to create a conversion to a new customers in 30 minutes or less. I've even got the script for you. So go to eWomenNetwork.com and you can get it right there. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. So that's our time. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at primesparkwomen.com. Thank you again so much to my guest, Sandra Yancey. And don't forget, you can find her at E, letter E, womennetwork.com. Thank you for being with us today. Take care, spread tolerance and love. Mm. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Prime Spark. With each episode, Sarah Hart brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes about remarkable, experienced women, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. The second women's revolution is here, and we hope that you use the insights you've gained here to fuel the spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.